Welcome to this episode of Mentors at Your Benchside, the podcast giving you advice, tips and tools for getting the most out of your research. I'm Jason Rogers and today I'll be talking to you about how to write a thoughtful scientific discussion section for your paper. Let's accept this. Writing a good scientific paper, and writing an effective discussion in particular, is daunting, and learning to write well is a skill that needs to be honed with plenty of practice. If you're a scientist, writing effective papers is essential. Disseminating your work is crucial if anyone, from other researchers to the general public, is to benefit from your scientific endeavours. But if you're someone for whom writing is about as easy as getting your PCR to work on a Friday afternoon when you have weekend plans, don't panic. If you've gotten as far as writing up the results for your scientific paper and formatting and putting together your publication-worthy figures as well, then congratulations! You're doing really well. But now you need to write the scientific discussion. This is often the most difficult and thought-provoking part of any scientific manuscript or thesis. It's the penultimate part of your paper, in which you summarise your key findings in light of the existing literature and explain the significance and value of your work. You also need to suggest some new directions for future research and address what research questions remain. Unlike the abstract, the discussion section of a paper does not have a broad readership per se but it's written for both beginners to that particular area of science as well as experts of the same. So how do we structure a scientific paper? Most scientific papers follow the hourglass MRAD method, or I-M-R-A-D. That stands for Introduction, Methods, Results and Discussion. Which means that the sections at the top and bottom of the hourglass, the Introduction and Discussion respectively, occupy more space than the Methods and Results sections. This means that your discussion wants to have a little more meat on its bones than the other two sections that immediately precede it. The discussion needs to be just that, a discussion. It isn't enough to simply rehash your results. You need to situate your research in the context of previous studies, draw out the practical implications of your own research, address limitations and suggest areas for future study. Only then will your paper be ready for submission to a journal and the peer review process. So. What are the keys to success when writing a scientific discussion? We've pulled together a few do's and don'ts to keep in mind. What to do when writing a scientific discussion? Let's start with number one. Do summarise your results and outline their interpretation in light of the published literature. This is the first thing that you need to do when writing a scientific discussion section. Use the first paragraph to describe very briefly the conclusion from your results and then explain what it means with respect to what's already known from previous studies. Try to highlight the practical implications of your findings, and ensure that you demonstrate your ability to think critically about your main findings. Remember to emphasise how your results support or refute the current hypotheses in the field, if there are any, and try to offer alternative explanations of the results. This is also a good place to address if your data conflicts with what's already established in the field. By addressing these conflicts, your other researchers in your field will re-examine and rebuild hypotheses and models to then test. Keep in mind that all results should be discussed, and all parts of the discussion should relate to your results. Don't ignore any results, and don't discuss anything that doesn't relate to the results obtained. Number two, do explain the importance of your results. Be sure to advocate for your findings and underline how your results significantly move the field forward. Remember to give your results their due, and don't undermine them. Make sure you mention the most important finding first. This is the one that people will remember. Number three, 
do acknowledge the shortcomings of the study. In this section, explicitly state any potential limitations that your hypothesis or experimental approach might have and the reasoning behind them. This will help the field to generate hypotheses and new approaches without facing the same challenges. At the end of the day, no study is perfect, and the discussion becomes well-rounded when you emphasise not only the impact of your study, but also where it might fall short. Number four, do discuss any further directions. Depending on which journal you're publishing in, you might have to provide a separate future direction section rather than having it tied into the discussion. Nonetheless, you should think about the questions that your study might lead to while you are writing the discussion. Consider posing a few questions, preferably in the form of a hypothesis, to provide a launchpad for future research, especially if your paper contains unexpected findings. Number five, do decide between the active or passive voice. Lots of journals stipulate writing in the active voice as it's more immediate and concise. And because the active voice is more personal, it also creates a better connection with the reader. We analysed the samples. Sometimes though, the passive voice will be more appropriate, especially if you wish to foreground the research rather than the researcher. The samples were analysed. The passive voice is widely used in scientific communication as it creates a kind of objective distance between the researcher and the research, but at the same time it can come across as a bit dry and impersonal. The key to writing engaging scientific papers is to vary your choice of the active and passive voice to best suit the point you're trying to make. Make sure you also check the preferences of your target journal and follow their style guide. Use the active voice if the people performing an action are important, but opt for the passive voice if it's the action rather than those who performed it that is key. Check out our Grammar 101 webinar on the Bite Size Bio events page for some excellent writing tips. Number six, do pick your tense carefully. Scientific papers generally switch tenses between different sections of the paper. In the discussion section, it's a good rule of thumb to stick to the past tense for describing completed actions. For example, to summarise your findings. We measured the volumes of X and Y. You should use the present tense to interpret your results or to discuss the significance of your research findings. This is significant because X and Y are... Dot, dot, dot. Use the future tense to outline any work that's still to be done. In a follow-up study, we will measure Z. Now that we've outlined the important features of an authoritative discussion section, here are a few pointers about things to avoid doing. Number one, don't reiterate your results. You can open the discussion with a sentence that contains a snapshot of the main conclusion, but make sure you stop it right there. You've already written a separate results section, so you don't want to go into too much detail or repeat yourself by describing your results again. Rather, swiftly transition to what these results mean and explain their impact. Number two, don't over-interpret your findings. We mentioned giving your results their proper due and underscoring their significance but be careful not to extrapolate your results and interpret something that's beyond the scope of your study. Keep in mind the difference between what your results suggest at a given point versus what more can be known from them. You can do this by asking more questions and applying other experimental approaches. Importantly, you must draw conclusions commensurate with your results. Number three, don't introduce a new piece of data. 
Don't make this discussion confusing by introducing any new results or research questions. Present all of your data in the results section, separate from the scientific discussion section. Number four, don't use too much jargon. Although readers in your field of expertise would probably understand any jargon, try to minimise its use to make your paper more accessible to a broader audience and to enable a larger impact. If you need to use abbreviations, for example, make sure that they're defined on the first mention. Even if a technique or reagent is more commonly known by an abbreviation, provide the full term in brackets. You're trying to share knowledge, so your discussion should be as easy to read as possible. Try to use plain English and bear in mind that English may not be the mother tongue of many of your readers, so it's probably a good idea to avoid lots of idioms. If you can use a shorter word for something, make sure you use it. Good writing is clear, concise and simple, and this applies in science writing too. So choose use rather than utilise, or ask rather than inquire, for example. This has nothing to do with dumbing it down, and everything to do with clarity. There's nothing to be gained from trying to make your writing sound overly scholarly or inaccessible. This also shows why gathering feedback on your writing and editing your work are such important steps in the process of writing scientific manuscripts. You need to check how your paper sounds to someone else. If something doesn't make sense to one of your readers, it probably needs to be rewritten. So in a nutshell, remember that the primary goal of writing a scientific discussion is to emphasise your results. Therefore, Take the time to ensure that it's well-rounded, succinct, and relevant. Do all that, and your paper should sail through the peer review. So those are our tips for writing a thoughtful and authoritative discussion section for your next paper. Check out the episode description for links to related articles and resources, and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast to get more help and advice from mentors at your benchside. on the go but still seeking valuable insights to advance your research well look no further than listen in the podcast from bite size bio that offers the benefits of webinars in a portable format with webinars featuring leading researchers and commercial specialists discussing techniques like CRISPR-Cas9 and microscopy with listening, you can tap into that expertise and drive your research project forward efficiently and productively, no matter where you are. Visit bitesizebio.com forward slash podcasts or search for Listen In in your podcast app to subscribe.